two, one. So today I am with Amr Abu Hamidan. He is the co-founder and CEO of Asafir, which is an Arabic literacy uh, company. Platform. Platform. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, which is basically the Netflix of Arabic books. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. For okay. school. Yes. For school. School books. So why don't you tell me a little about yourself? Uh, so yeah, my name is Amar Abahmadan. I'm an entrepreneur, uh, parent of two uh, very curious, very active kids. That's good. And uh, an optimist uh, who believes in technology and his role in spreading knowledge. Okay. Uh, I've been working in the technology uh, sector for the past uh, 13, 14 years. Uh, and uh, after a while, after a while of working, I decided I want to do my own thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, uh, what's your educational background? My educational background, I have a bachelor's degree in uh, computer information systems. Okay, uh, interesting. From a public university in Jordan, uh, University of Jordan. Uh, but I feel like biggest education is practical work you do, whether it's related to your field or any other work. Uh, I've been working since I was 12. Uh, wow. And I feel uh, that's a big part of why I can do lots of things within my day because I've very used to spending long hours working. Okay, so like you said, you've been working since you were 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard this a lot, that the entre- entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. is, y- you either have it or you don't. Some people aren't cut out for it and some people are. What are your thoughts on that? I, I feel like you can train people to be uh, more entrepreneurial. Uh, it's not that something that you're born with. It's your, but your experiences would shape the way you think about the world. Okay. And uh, if you think about it, I feel today it's a very important skill. It's not like a cool thing to uh, do because it's very hard. Yeah. But it's very important to do because uh, people before, like a couple of uh, centuries ago, they used to uh, work because jobs brought security with it, right? Decades ago, yeah. uh, jobs brought security with it. Today, you like within within my own career, I've I've been into companies that uh, just stopped existing <laughs> within a couple of uh, years. So uh, it's not uh, it doesn't bring any additional value now. Yeah, I mean, I, I see how before you could just get a job as soon as you get out of university mm-hmm. or college and get the mortgage on your house get a loan on your car and stay in a job for 20 yeah, and years just stay there years. as long as you want but yeah. do you think that's not the best option now i feel like in the future this will not be the scenario yeah if you look at it today uh, like uh, you can ask people who are working today uh, many of them have been out of jobs have been switching jobs to, uh, in a couple of years uh, uh, businesses uh, are going out of business, companies going out of business. So yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a dependable option anymore. So whatever gave uh, having a job a competitive advantage or maybe uh, more value to some people is not there anymore. 
That's true. Mm. I mean, I, I can see how that. So it's just the easy, easy choice, which yeah. is what human beings are really good at, making easy choices. That's the reality, right? Like when it comes to eating healthy, working out, we all know that is important. Yeah. But then not all of us do it. Yeah. Because we, we human beings uh, would like to take easy choices in general. Yeah, that's true. Now, I, I do have a question about that, but we mm. can circle back. So my first thought is, mm. okay, you're saying more people should try to get into the entrepreneurial world, mm -hmm. but not everyone can be entrepreneurs. And there has to be some people who just follow the straightened path of getting their job and sticking to it, right? Yeah. Because then you wouldn't have employees. Yes, definitely. So... Um, so how does that like add to the mix? Is, is it does it go back to the fact that some people just take the easy way out? Is that it's not just taking the easy way out. Some people don't have the stomach to do it, right? Because it's very hard to start a business. Yeah. A big business is is is, is very hard. Um, but still, you can do freelance work. You can do these. Uh, right now, a big part of the economy is turning into a gig economy where. Uh, yeah. You do uh, Uber in the evening when you feel like it, and then uh, you're a task rabbit somewhere else, and then uh, you do some uh, freelance uh, uh, illustrations, and maybe you work for two hours at uh, uh, some local coffee shop, whatever it is, or like a boutique. So you can, you can do different jobs during the day, and uh, you can quit anytime you want. Businesses are becoming more flexible. Yeah, in terms true. of employment, yeah, right? Especially that uh, with the basic education that we have today, you're empowered to do uh, lots of simple tasks. Yeah. You're capable of doing it just straight out of school. Yeah. You can do it. It's not that challenging. So that's why I think uh, there's, there, still will be, there will still be jobs, but I don't think it will be the same where you have to uh, work for 30 years to add value in a company. It yeah. will be more flexible. That's true. I mean, I see what you're saying. and But let's move away from that for now. Mm -hmm. um, what I do want to know is about your company. Because mm -hmm. I, I already know everything there is to know about Asafir. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's talk about it for the viewers. Okay. So when did you start it? Like, when did you decide to start it? Uh, why did you decide to start it? You know, just like the basics, because it's yeah. very interesting. Because you you started in uh, the traditional way of going to university, getting your degree, and then you went to uh, um, uh, several jo different jobs, mm -hmm. and you stayed there. And then you went out of your comfort zone, and you started this company. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so I I don't think that. Uh, I was very like brave and daring and I decided to go into uh, outside of my comfort zone to do it. Uh, but I started doing something that I care about. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll try to go back a bit to give some context yeah, uh, to, to this. So uh, when I finished school, I was always, uh, I always enjoyed the arts, uh, drawing, painting, uh, these kind of things. Mm. And uh, when I finished high school, uh, I wanted to study fine arts. But my parents uh, didn't like it. <laughs> so my father is a surgeon, my mother is a doctor. 
I come from a family who, who are mostly doctors. Maybe there's one or two engineers. So uh, they felt like uh, this is not the right thing to do, <laughs> right? And my father used to be in the military, so he used to see things in black and white at that time. Yeah, okay. And um, when I wanted to uh, fill in the uh, application form for the university, uh, there was a lot of struggle with uh, my father to like what I wanted to yeah, choose. That's tough. And then I went and started asking my friends, like, what do you think and people around me? And everybody said, like, you can't take art. Art wouldn't feed you. Like, uh, just take something uh, close. Maybe you can take IT and then you can circle back to media and digital media and all of that. And it made sense to me at that point. So I thought, okay, maybe that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I went into uh, IT and I uh, studied programming and I thought, like, I'll get back to digital media. And then 13 years later, I found myself, uh, I've been working in programming projects that are not related to uh, media or not as closely as I wanted them to be related. And uh, I felt that maybe now I need to start doing something that I truly enjoyed because yeah. there's a certain point in, in, in your life when you start feeling that money is not as important as you used to think it is now it's very important but it can bring you happiness and yeah. uh, um, after a certain like income it doesn't make any difference even uh, um, it, it would be very minuscule in in terms of how it affects your happiness yeah or misery so uh, anyway, I, I decided to start doing something on the side. I, I didn't feel fulfilled in my job. I, uh, uh, during my job, I started a couple of small businesses within the companies I worked with, or maybe business streams there. And then a uh, change of management would happen and the new manager would think that, let's scrap this, we'll focus somewhere else. Yeah. And that made me feel uh, very better about it. So I, I decided okay. to... Uh, yeah start doing my own thing on the side and when i did it it actually rose of a, a personal need so i have these two kids growing up uh, i discovered the importance of reading later in life so what happened is um, i had this uh, trauma sometime in my mid-20s i was uh, sick for a while and then it forced me to re-examine the way I used to live my life. So I wasn't that organized or uh, uh, never took uh, good care of my health. Um, re I didn't read as a habit. Uh, and then this thing happened and, and it made me just stop, examine everything I was doing and uh, start readjusting my life in a new way. Okay. So I started reading and I saw how transformational it is how it could change your life. And when my uh, kids were born, my first son was born, it made me think that this is very important. I need to teach it to him uh, very early. So since they were like toddlers, young kids, infants, I used to read for them. Yeah. And then they're enjoying reading. Now my son is eight years old, my daughter is uh, six, and they both enjoy reading a lot. Um, but when they started reading, we couldn't find anything in Arabic for them. And I wanted them uh, to read in their mother tongue. Uh, 
So, and I never found anything interesting for them. Uh, like there are very few books and they're not that interesting. So I decided to... But they don't have like translated to Arabic? Text, so they but have translated, but it doesn't feel the same. Okay. It doesn't feel the same. You cannot so relate it to it the really same way. It doesn't really have the depth that the English literature has, but it, like in its original form. In some sense, yes. Yes. So it's so something in translation. Yeah, <laughs> something is lost in translation. Plus, when you're reading something in your mother tongue and it's something that is culturally fit, I'm not talking about like having abayas and, and that yeah. kind of stuff, but there's lots of things that are uh, out of context in our culture. Like my kids wouldn't even grasp it uh, because they don't experience it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very important part of a culture. I started realizing how important it is to actually have uh, thoughts discussed, stories told in your own mother tongue. Because if you don't, then you have a much um, basic understanding of these thoughts and these stories. Um, okay. So I started doing this on the side. And I like was illustrating some stories writing them, even reading them, the voiceover. Do you have illustration background as well? So my or is it something you learned? Yeah, so it's my first job was, uh, I used to draw these cartoon characters, uh, <laughs> and like Xerox machines were a very new invention back ah, then. Okay. So and they were only there in uh, like bookshops. So I used to do these, illustrate these uh, cartoon characters. And I'll sell them for like uh, five piastres in, in school. <laughs> and I'll come back home wow. with like two or three JDs, which was a lot of money at that uh, time, yeah. right? Every day. Um, so that was my first job. And I really enjoyed drawing since I was a kid. Okay. Um, so, but, but I wasn't like that. I, I'm still not that good professionally at it. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but when you do something, um, so you have the story you tell with love, yeah. that, with an idea that you believe in, that is very positive. Uh, it's very different than uh, listen to your mom and dad, sleep early, don't try new things. These kind of Arabic stories that like are... That, that uh, really strong moral yeah. in the story. Yeah. So not having that also was very attractive for kids. Yeah. Like having a moral, but not in a very not in an straightforward, way. direct, yeah. yes, preachy way. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's kind of what separates a great movie mm -hmm. from really bad movies. Yes. Like they, the director shows you something that you could miss if you don't pay attention, but he doesn't shove it in your face. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, that's the point you're trying to make, right? Like yeah. it's a subtle moral. Yes. So with kids, it's, it's less subtle, but still, it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> that direct. Yeah. So I started doing that, and I was doing it on the side. So I made this uh, very simple website, and I uh, uh, started putting these stories on. And I was like doing every two months, I was doing one story. Um, and then uh, I started this Facebook page. One, one friend of mine was talking to me, and he said like, uh, listen, like that you're telling kids uh, about discipline and then they are like about uh, other things in life and then they see their parents and it's totally different. Reality is different <laughs> from the stories. And uh, maybe that's uh, not a good thing for kids. And I started thinking yeah. about it and I thought maybe we should create content also for parents. 
So we started having these um, uh, small blog articles based on uh, uh, research about positive parenting, about parenting in general, like techniques for parenting that parents uh, found uh, very interesting. And we started having this Facebook page where we'll every week we'll put uh, some information about the story we're working on, a blog post about parenting, um, and like content, information. So where's this on the timeline? You're still working, and this yes. is still your side yes. job at that point. So I was, I was working uh, from 8 till 3.30. Okay. And then from 3.30 till 10, I'll stay in the office and I'll start okay. working on my own thing. All right. yeah, until they started thinking it's not appropriate to stay in the office till 10. So um, I started looking for other places to work. But for a long time, for I spent like two years doing this every day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and two years is not a long time. No, but, um, but yeah, like having a job and then working after work. Yes, I did that for a while. And um, then like in the first six months of having this Facebook page, uh, it actually grew to like quarter a million follower um, in six months. So um, there was a demand for that kind of information. Uh, so we started putting more effort, more focus on it. Um, I started commissioning artists to do it. And when I started, I... Um, I knew a couple of uh, very good voiceover actors that used to do cartoons when we were younger. Okay. And I uh, put my mind into convincing them to work with us. And I felt like it's going to be uh, very hard to convince them. But then when I started, it was uh, <laughs> like very easy. It's like we started working on it. Uh, like sometimes you have to try things to really understand yeah. uh, the, the difficulty or like what kind of work goes into making it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, and I kept, I was doing all of that. I had the parents in mind. And then I felt like I'm spending a good portion of my uh, salary into this. And I felt like this is not sustainable. I need to maybe uh, make an NGO and then start some looking for a funding party to, uh, fund this work and I started talking to people like social uh, responsibility programs at big companies and, uh, and most of them didn't understand digital mm. um, and like after very long conversations they'll span over six seven months they'll come back and say listen I um, feel more comfortable building a, a park or a school or a playground <laughs> I don't understand like how many copies this will be uh, creating, uh, all these things. And at that point, we had very good number, like we had hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, views and reads, uh, like in the very early uh, times. And then later so, on became millions and still they were not getting it. So you were limited by the, the people that lacked understanding of how the digital... It's, it's not a limitation. It's, it's, it's just that... I understood that this is not the way to go. Yeah, I mean, because these people lacked like the, the knowledge to understand or comprehend that how the digital world works and they wanted to do something straightforward that was easy rather than... Uh, I, I wouldn't put it that way. Maybe I wasn't a good, uh, good enough salesman to, to sell the <laughs> idea, right? But what I understood from that is that uh, this is not the way to go. It's too much work 
and yeah. you will have to do it over and over and over again and it, it feels like begging for money right mm. Yeah. And I didn't like the feeling. That's that's all it was. Mm. Um, I didn't feel limited by them. They were not like very lazy people. I, they, I couldn't sell the idea to them. That's okay. that's all. Um, and then we started getting feedback from teachers who were using it in the classroom, which was very interesting. But still, I wasn't smart enough to directly jump on it and start working with teachers. So... Um, I was discussing it with my wife, who's also my co-founder, and she said, let's print. And we, we used to get also lots of requests of like, do you have these books in print? Because we had them on the uh, website. Yeah. And at, at a point in time, I decided to have an app. And uh, uh, like, I just started learning Objective-C and Java to, to do the apps, like and Java for Android. Um, and I did them. So you learned that by yourself? Yes. So, see, as a programmer, um, it's, it, it becomes just a matter of time to, to learn a new language. Yeah, because you understand all the basic concepts, you just have to understand the different the grammar, syntax. let's say, syntax, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not that challenging. Uh, but then we started going after print. Uh, we printed like 5,000 copies. I still have them in, <laughs> in the storage. Uh, which, which was also another very important lesson. Yeah. So we started with maybe it's an NGO. So then you didn't sell any? No, we sold. We sold some. We sold a couple of hundreds, maybe a okay. couple of thousands. Uh, because we did a couple of prints also. So it wasn't okay. just the 5,000. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's not a sustainable business model. Yeah. So um, a big challenge was that distributors were very limited in their reach. So you'll have distributors who will uh, maybe uh, distribute to six or seven uh, bookshops. And most of the books are not sold in bookshops, by the way. In, in this part of the world, books are sold in school uh, book fairs that happen at schools. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 is not a sustainable business So they used to take the books for like a year and then come back saying we sold maybe sixty percent of the books. Here is the remaining forty percent, and they're like maybe yellow from the sun, uh, torn. Uh, you couldn't do anything with them at yeah. that point. And so you realize like digital yeah. is the way to go. Mm. At that point, I I I understood that. Going with distributors is, is not the way to go. Okay. Uh, and, and then we tried to uh, monetize the followers that we had on Facebook, which were, at that point maybe were half a million followers. So we thought maybe we can uh, sell them directly. They can buy it online. Uh, but the, uh, also the cost of acquisition for over Facebook, social targeting, social media targeting, was not that low. So it didn't make uh, a lot of sense. At that point, I thought maybe I need to check the teachers who are as having all of that feedback, like asking for a certain font, certain way of presenting it, all of these things. And I started working with them, talking to them. I built a very simple platform and I gave it to them for a year for free. And uh, in the beginning, they used to come back and say, like, I don't understand how to use it. I, I can't uh, see how it's uh, usable in the classroom or how to use it, how to utilize it. And bit by bit, we started understanding the scenarios of like how uh, things happen in the school. And we built the platform in that direction. 
and we then um, now we've been operating with a business license for the past three and a half years um, uh, this year we've nearly done a million dollars in sales so uh, that's great uh, and we're still growing right we're still learning we're still finessing what we are doing but I feel now we can go and scale on our own uh, because the beginning was very hard because we bootstrapped also so we yeah. didn't uh, raise any investment we uh, I did it out of my own pocket I got some uh, small amounts of money from family and friends and uh, built the business with it that's great mm -hmm. so I think that's a very like nice sort of story of how all these different things came together and how it mm -hmm. sort of rippled into you like sustaining your profitable business mm -hmm. now my question is is there anything you want to say regarding uh, bootstrapping or finding investment so in I business? feel like whenever you want to start a business yeah. a very 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 important thing to keep in mind is it always takes longer than you think mm -hmm. in the beginning I remember that roller coaster ride of like now we are gonna make it now we are gonna make it and then the disappointment of we're not gonna make it for maybe another year and then you keep pushing you keep pushing it was very frustrating it was uh, I feel like people who don't have the stomach usually uh, stop at that point when you try once you try twice and then still not working so like you just give up six month to one year line around this see every business is different like content business it takes a lot of time to even make any sale right? yeah. uh, some other businesses you can get started maybe in six months but the thing uh, is for it to 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 feel like you're gonna succeed right okay yeah because sometimes you could put a lot of effort lots of marketing lots of uh, work and then sell 10 items in a month and then that doesn't make any sense it's not a business right yeah yeah but still you need to so just like seeing the the end of the horizon so to say like seeing that that uh, space where you are actually going to be successful like seeing that it's your business is rising so every day there's a challenge so you cannot guarantee that you'll be successful course, even like next year right you, you can see that you might be accelerating you can yeah so you have some measurable feedback so would you say that's the hardest part like trying to sustain yourself or be committed until you reach that point where that's you a, think you're making that's a very big part of it i feel like uh, if you learn to manage your emotions in the beginning and you keep saying that you want to keep going until it works then it will work but that's a very very hard thing to do it's yeah. just e very easy to say but the reality of it is is, is, is much harder to uh, of course do. i have one question um is it important to do what you love? Yes, definitely. I feel um, that uh, the older you get, the more you re realize that life is hard. It's, it's, uh, it's, there's always a challenge. Yeah. So unless you're enjoying what you're doing, it, it becomes very depressing very fast. Um, and don't get me wrong i feel like lots of people think that uh, i love partying i want to uh, make a business out of it i don't feel like this is the kind of thing that like do what you love 
right? Yeah. Like find something that has, at least that's my opinion, find something that you uh, think uh, uh, would have an impact, a good impact on people's lives and that you enjoy doing and then go for it. Uh, but you need to stick to it. And there's yeah. a lot of uh, mundane parts in between. Yeah, right? so it's not yeah. like the whole day um, in between flowers and uh, like I'm enjoying everything. <laughs> there's a lot of hard bits. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of hard bits of the day where you're doing very boring stuff, but you have to do it in order to uh, achieve your goal. Yeah, but I believe in doing what you love 100%. So my next question was going to be, are you doing what you love? But I think we know the answer to that. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, what's the most mundane thing you have to do? There's a lot of mundane things I do. Like what? Sending emails? Uh... Like sending emails is still has some creativity aspect okay. to it. Sometimes it's like, uh, so we do this translation within the uh, platform. It will translate names on its own. But in order to do that, you need to translate names every once in a while, manually. So you will go on a like a four hour streak of translating a thousand five hundred names, right? So Tom, the Tom, and Bob. The yeah, Bob yeah, everything. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. interesting. It takes hours of mind numbing work. I don't. I've never even heard of that sort of thing. Mm. I guess. So that's one 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 simple example, right? That's very specific mm. to your business. Yeah, but it's a very, very <laughs> simple example. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of mundane stuff that you do, like following up on payment. Yeah. Oh, right. Gosh. Like you do sales. Do you think people will pay you immediately? Most of the people you'll keep running after to get your money. Yeah. So to do that, there's a lot of mundane work that goes into sure. there, like filling forms, calling, uh, these kind of things. Yeah. But in the end, it's always rewarding. Yes. Yes, if it goes with the goal that you uh, want to reach. So, I'm going to try to segue in as smooth as I can. Do you think uh, mm. higher level degrees are as important as they were uh, back in the day nowadays? I don't feel any sort of education, like certificate, would actually make you more capable to uh, live life. I feel like whatever piece of information or knowledge uh, you can acquire through online courses there's a lot of really good online yeah, courses definitely and practical experience but like dealing with people they don't teach you that in university like how to deal with co-workers how to deal with team members how to and this is the most challenging part of the business by the way it's not so one thing is learning i feel is very important learning to think clearly yeah. many people miss that aspect is uh, learning to think clearly, uh, analyze your steps, and uh, be mindful of how you uh, go through your day, whether you're talking to uh, your customers, your team members, but that's my opinion. Many people still believe in higher degrees. Yeah, of I feel you, I mean, should, you should always be learning, yeah. and I feel the current education system puts a lot of very talented people in uh, the wrong position in cookie cutters basically cookie it, cut, it, cookie it cutter makes education. everyone who is actually has potential to be unique mm. and do things their own way i feel like in my opinion it makes it it's kind of strips you of your uniqueness and kind of ruins the creativity that you have at least 
that's how I felt it was for me. So uh, I would say it, it, it does that in two different ways. One is that if, if everybody has to learn the same things, some things are more hard to grasp for of some course. people, yeah. while other things are not as challenging. So you end up spending 90% of your time either not interested or not grasping what you are uh, trying to, yeah, to that's, learn. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, while the, I feel like the most productive uh, thing to do is to stay in a constant state of being challenged and being interested and engaged, which I think is what is wrong today with the education system is that since you have to go through all the same topics with everyone else, many times you wouldn't be as challenged and then you will start losing interest. And many times you would feel lost because you don't understand anything about because a certain the, topic. If you don't understand something as well as the other people, you're still going with the general pace of the whole entire mm-hmm. class. Yes. And you can be left behind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how it kind of was for me in my like middle school high school actually Mm. because Uh, there were some courses that i wasn't really that uh able to grasp as easily as i was to grasp other Mm. courses i see it with my kids so a a big challenge that i see with my kids is that they're not interested and today the teacher decides or the curriculum decides we need to learn about um countries or about uh (laughs) diet or whatever it is right yeah you need i feel like education needs to be driven by the learner's interest right now right like whenever i talk to my son whenever he asks a question i zoom in uh, into it and we start looking for more information about it and how it relates to other things and what's the context what's the history and he's very very receptive at that point because he had the interest. He had the question. Ah, so he had the curiosity. Yeah. So you zoom in on the root of his question yeah. or his interest, and then you sort of build around that. Yes. And now the idea of this topic has come originally from him. So he's mm. actually interested in learning more. Exactly. And we keep expanding, expanding until I feel like he either lost interest. Yeah. Or it became too much for him to grasp at this point. Yeah. Because you keep branching out. Yeah. Okay actually really interesting Mm -hmm. the thing is obviously I don't know the correct answer but I feel modern education isn't really as modern as the general public thinks because all the points that we already touched on Mm -hmm. I feel like a better way to go about uh, teaching youth is like you said find out what they are interested in individually because uh, supposedly, from what I've read before, there are eight intelligences: math and arts and musical mm. and all these different things. And you're trying to compress a bunch of different people that have different ways of thinking and make them study the whole the same thing. Mm. And then that generalization, mm. that standardization, mm. actually just ruins the whole point of education. Yes, definitely. So uh, the root of the current education system comes from the Industrial Revolution. You needed to have workers who are able to to do certain tasks. people. Yeah, Yeah. to do things. And uh, bit by bit today, it's losing its meaning because whatever you can uh, 
do in a linear manner, you can program a machine to do in a linear yeah. manner. So we don't need those anymore. We yes. need people for the creative field. Yes, exactly. And education is currently circled around the linear tasks, as you saw. Yeah, but uh, see, there's also change. I was talking to my wife a couple of days before about this, and she was telling me, you feel like it's still the same, but I'm looking at my kids' education in a couple of years, three years, I can see that there's a difference in the way they're looking at things. Uh And um, it's becoming more engaging, more practical. uh, But I feel still there needs to be a bigger disruption to the way education is delivered. But it's very hard because people don't like experimenting with their kids right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> because whatever whatever whenever you're doing something new people have this bad feeling like they yeah. feel like their kids are gonna miss out because we're experimenting with them right yeah so, so i can i can see how that would be a problem unless you truly understand how screwed up the education system is you wouldn't want to experiment with your kids <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. and that's what majority of the people don't don't uh, share an opinion about yeah okay that, that that makes sense i mean that's one way that i could understand why it moves slower mm-hmm. uh, but then again i can also see why my perspective might not be as valid because i'm looking at it from when i was in school school yes, which was like four or five years ago yeah so what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were younger? There's a lot of things you in ret- like uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right? Yeah. Like uh, you can only make sense of things looking back. You can't do that looking forward. It's very hard to do it looking forward. Um, but then what I would say is keep looking for like a bigger purpose. Uh, don't commit yourself to uh, any big things with really big repercussions earlier in life. Like, um, I see a lot of, like, I got married very early. Uh, I got lucky, right? But I feel like it could have gone very wrong, right? And I would have no control over it, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, and I see a lot of other people doing the same mistake, yeah. right? So I feel like this is one of the things, like keep experimenting, experiencing life as long as you're young and looking for a purpose. And once you find uh, that purpose, then you start making more and more commitments to get you closer to that uh, purpose. That is very insightful. I mean, because Obviously, when you're younger, you don't actually know what that purpose is. Mm-hmm. But if you sort of make a purpose that you feel strongly about at that point, you can slowly build on it. And who knows? It could completely tangent away from your original idea, but still, it helps you find what you actually want if you have like these little sort of side missions on the side. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one, one example of a person that uh, really uh, affected me, a teacher that really affected me early in school. So I had this English teacher who uh, studied medicine, but then after studying medicine, didn't feel his heart 
uh, was there. So he studied English literature and then he started uh, being a school teacher, uh, English teacher. And this guy was very amazing at what he uh, did, right? That he got most of the class interested. And I feel like because he didn't uh, feel like he was committed since he studied seven years and he did medicine, that he has to get stuck with it for the rest of his life. He just didn't feel like so it was a commitment. He made that decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I feel like there's two things at play here. Because he went to medicine, mm-hmm. he had one route that he could have taken. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wanted to, I don't know, maybe he wanted to become a teacher of literature before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe it's possible that if he didn't try doing medicine mm-hmm. and realize he didn't want to do that, he might not have been as happy in literature. Because he would still have that doubt in his mind. Yeah, maybe. And then, on the other hand, because he decided to leave, he has something that he actually likes. And that decision is making him happy because he's doing something that he feels passionate about. Yeah, my, my lesson out of it was that he, even when he spent seven years studying medicine, he didn't feel like he, yeah, he, didn't he should feel the be committed. Yeah, he didn't feel to be committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, to do it if he didn't feel his heart uh, was into it. So, your conclusion out of that, would you say no matter how much work you put into something, you shouldn't feel committed if you your heart isn't in it you should do what you want to do do what your heart wants yes uh, put the effort yes okay because many people get this out of context right? yeah because like, then it sounds like just quit everything yeah <laughs> but, but that's not the just always give up <laughs> no, that's not the moral of the story like you need to stick uh, to things and make sure that you put the right amount of effort that you applied yourself yeah. and then after that yeah you make the decision if that's, you a, that's a very dangerous anecdote yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. but hopefully no one misconstrues it is it important to have a mentor yeah i feel like you need to keep learning and uh, there's a lot of uh, heartaches and pains that um, you can avoid by uh, listening to advice but it's, it's also to understand the context of having a mentor a mentor doesn't mean like this uh, person on his high horse who's been through life who can tell you everything who knows how to do everything because we're all still figuring it out yeah everybody i've met yeah. like no matter how accomplished they are everybody's still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and many of them like the higher you see people rise the, the less sure they are of what made them reach where they are or like um, there's a sure way to get there right? yeah um, so I, I learn from everyone around me like I learn from uh, people I work with I learn from my kids I learn from my friends I learn from uh, definitely from uh, people who've been there who've done it before me um, and sometimes it depends on the like person's nature because like for me I'm I'm a stubborn person by nature right like I feel like I really need to experience things myself to understand many people are not like that Uh, 
so for a stubborn person i don't think i get the value of having mentors as much as other people right i try to keep myself like tuned with whatever other people tell me but i find myself being very skeptical to like to my own uh, beliefs rather than like what other people think because i i think from your point of view mm. you see it as this person has a completely different life than me he doesn't know this side mm. or what i'm doing in my life that's that's one thing but i learned to uh, shut that off shut that off early on because i i found that everyone thinks that he's very unique yeah in his own way right but to tell the truth the more i go through life i feel like you're unique you're still unique but the thing is there these rules uh, of thumb they actually work they, yeah. they're there for a reason yeah. right i mean they're cliches for a reason yeah they're there for a reason because yeah. they work yeah hmm. that makes sense so you you wouldn't say you have like one person you look up to and like who gives you advice or whatnot but you, you try to like learn from everyone and not be the smartest guy in the room yes i I never had that feeling that I was the smartest guy in the room. I actually have very... Uh, You're so humble. <laughs> no, I have very smart siblings. Okay. And in my education, I was very lucky. I went to a school that is for talented, gifted uh, kids. So you have ah, to apply okay. for an IQ test to get into that school. So I can guarantee that I was never the <laughs> smartest guy in the room. I can guarantee that. Like I had very smart parents with very good education. I had... I have very smart uh, siblings, I, but what I also know that I'm a very uh, disciplined person. I learned to be disciplined later in life, but I know that practice beats talent every every time. Yeah. So okay. whenever I feel that I'm disadvantaged, it's actually more fuel to my fire. It, it pushes me to work harder, to be more focused, uh, um, when the odds are stacked against me is actually the best situation for me to work yeah. like if I feel like I'm on top of everything I start screwing up I start like mm, like going later to meetings or not doing uh, things perfectly right I feel like I need to be disadvantaged to be motivated uh, I think you mentioned to me before when we were talking a while ago uh, you mentioned how you have this one friend you go to to mm. like humble you. <laughs> to humble me. Yeah. I feel, yeah I I have lots of friends who like yeah make me feel like I'm dumb I'm very dumb <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not that uh, smart I actually uh, like when I talk to them sometimes I feel really bad about myself I need some time to uh, like recover from that. Yeah I know yeah. what you mean yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you, do you think it's important to be humble? It's important to be humbled? No, I feel like some people are very smart and uh, they need to realize that and then use it. Uh, but at the same time, no matter how smart you are, people can beat you easily yeah. with the right uh, attitude. Um, I think it was Ford who who said once that 
maybe I don't know how to do a certain thing, but I know the right person who knows how to do it, and I know how to get him to do it, right? So many people would be able to beat you even if they don't have the smarts, if they have the discipline yeah. and the right attitude. Yeah. It's all about attitude. So, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I want to ask like all the people, all my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what sort of uh, lifestyle or daily routine do you try to adapt, or do you have already? So basically, I uh, I feel like a very important part is to take care of yourself first. Yeah. So. Um, the more responsibilities you have, uh, the more people will be vying for your time and your attention, right? They want it. So I wake up very early in the morning. I wake up at five. Maybe it's not very early. I wake up early in the morning. Yeah. So I wake up at five. That's pretty early. <laughs> and uh, I, I used to go for a 10K run every day. Wow. And then I'll go to the gym and then I'll take a shower and then I'll go to work. And I'll have two uh, off days uh, during the week. I'll go and I'll read for like four or five hours uh, at a stretch. Uh, recently, I've been waking up early, but I'll wake up my kids. I feel like I have a very strong system right now that I can okay. deal with having other people taking a bit of my attention. Yeah. Um, so you've reached that point where you have like the discipline and the time to like because you you like you said you you buckled your seatbelt already mm-hmm. now you're starting I to can help, help yes yeah. exactly okay. so like uh, recently my son's teachers were telling me that his attitude is at school right it's very bad and i like they keep saying like he's very smart he's very knowledgeable but uh, he he doesn't have the uh, discipline okay so um i gave him a chance i talked to him and i told him like that you need How to apply is? yourself. He's eight years old. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these lessons, you need to teach them early on so they would have a profound impact on their life. Yeah. Right. The later you discover these things, like it, it's never too late, right? Yeah. It will definitely make a dent. But the earlier you, you learn these things and you uh, can internalize it, you can put context, uh, put it in context, then the more impact it would have on your life. So I thought now I have to put a good focus of like a, fo- a big portion of my focus into helping them understand that my kids my son especially yeah. so I wake up at five I take them for a run the first week was very uh, challenging because my son kept complaining about his feet hurting about being cold wanting to go to the bathroom and after a while he realized that there is no way he's gonna avoid it um, then uh, now it's very enjoyable for him. He's enjoying the these runs. So yeah, that's part of it. And then I go uh, to work. I um, In the morning, I try to finish the communications with my clients, with my uh, uh, like employees, people who work with me. And uh, in the evening, I'll do a bit of programming. Uh, I'll do a bit of uh, planning for the next day. And then I leave the office at 10. Um, at that point, I'll like I'll go home. I'll sit with my wife for an hour, and uh, then I'll go to sleep. Uh, and I do six 
uh, work days, but on a Friday I don't touch my phone. I don't. Uh, it's family time. So, yeah. So you just completely me. block out yes. like the communication with yes. work and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. good. And even when I go back home, like. So that gives you that balance of family work and yeah. So uh, balance world is, is, is not a word I would uh, choose. I would say that it's, it's not balance, but it's what keeps me going, right? It's what I feel is, is good for me. Right? Yeah. So um, many people would think that working till 10 uh, is, is not a balanced lifestyle, <laughs> yeah. right? But I feel like this is this is what works for me. Like I now I'm spending two hours every morning with my kids. I wake up at five. I stay with them till seven till I send them off to school. Uh, and I feel like many parents don't spend as much focused time with their kids, mm. right? Because when I'm spending these two hours, we're actually communicating. We're doing things together. We're uh, talking. We're having fun, right? So it's not like we're sitting in, in uh, proximity watching, yeah, watching and watching TV something. No, no, no. We're actually doing stuff together. And then like the weekend, the full weekend, the full day is, is for them. That's yeah. another thing that I feel I'm... I, and even with my wife, we have this date night that we have to go out uh, every week together. Uh, it gives us air to discuss things. Um, and uh, I feel like you need to schedule important uh, things. Yeah, like of course. Yeah. Even family, you can schedule family time. Right? Yeah, you should. I feel not not just you can. You should. Yeah, just like yeah, especially like when you have such a busy schedule. All right. So you told us about your lifestyle and how you have your daily routine and everything. How you try to balance different stuff and schedule everything. Mm-hmm. How would you say that the youth or the youthful people can? Like, what do you think is the best way for them to adopt a more successful type of lifestyle? Like people who are probably like single and either they're just getting out of college or they're still in college Mm. or, you know, they're already started working. Mm. So I don't have an answer to like uh, all the questions. What I have an answer to is things that I've been through. Yeah. So I remember when I was younger, I used to have this... uh, uh, FOMO, fear of uh, missing out, right? So I used to like want to be everywhere with everybody, do everything, right? And um, when you're younger, you feel like this is something that is achievable. The more responsibilities you start having, the more you start to realize that it's not. Uh, so I feel like the first thing you need to uh, start thinking about when you want to have a um, a more fulfilling life is what are my priorities because there is always something else to do right there are some people who are inviting you to tag along something uh, additional to do uh, so learn to say no learn to say no to a lot of things so you can say yes to the things that you like so your because priorities priorities is very important very 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 important and it's not like uh, uh, put a, a piece of paper and write them down yeah but start thinking about it start understanding it start um, no noticing when you are doing things that are not your priority because once you start noticing these things and then you do less of them then it it makes much more sense for you 
Okay. Just let me check something, sorry. Yeah. Okay, it's still going. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> yeah. So. The advice. So in, in terms of the yeah. advice, yes, we're talking about priorities. It's very important. And then... <laughs> Excuse me. Your excuse. Do you want a tissue? Mm-hmm. Do you want a tissue? No. Okay, okay but... Mm. I understand what you're saying, and I think that is extremely important. But my question, in addition to that, is I've heard a lot of you know successful successful mm. people say that waking up early mm. and uh, spending time reading for example mm. or doing this or doing that like in your opinion mm. what has worked for you what has helped you be more disciplined and helped you achieve more in a day or feel more fulfilled in your day mm. or more productive so I'm, I'm these, guessing it's like the, the waking up early. Yeah. So or these spending time reading. Yes. So these things worked for me, but I don't think uh, it's, it's a must that they will work for everyone. But I would course, say yeah. that waking up early gives you more space to work on yourself because that's the profound thing that you need to focus on is yeah. working on yourself before you do anything else. Yeah. Right. So for your uh, mental health. Um, whether you'd like to meditate, uh, whether you'd like to go for a run, workout, go for a swim, go for a walk, uh, read, all of these things, do them at, like before you do anything else, because then you feel more fulfilled and then you can do the other things with, um, what do you call it, with, uh, with a clear mind. Yeah. You don't feel like somebody's robbing your time. Or like yeah, he's pushing yeah. you to do stuff that you don't want to do because yeah. you're you've done what you want to do in the first part of the day. Now you so now you have your time. Yes, yeah, like expendable hours, so to speak. Uh, so whatever you do, you need to be very focused about why you're doing it, right? But the thing is, yes, you, you can it. You can do. You get out of your way a bit to to help other people because people will start grabbing your attention. Right? Yeah, of course. Like um, if you're working with somebody or you're working for a company, they'll call you, they'll ask you to do stuff, they might ask you to stay in late. And like that's where I see many people who like go to the gym after work usually fail to go to the gym. Like uh, either they go for a drink after work or they uh, have to stay late to finish something, whatever it is, or they get stuck in traffic. So that's why I feel like doing it early in the morning is the best thing. But I would say, uh, in terms of advice, is priorities. Work on yourself first. Um, build for the future. Don't feel like you're obliged to participate in everything that happens. Learn to say no so you can say yes. Um, you know, I remember when I was younger, I used to go, even when I was married, I used to go with my friends every weekend. We'll go out, we'll sit somewhere, we'll talk. We'll, and it used to be the same topics over and over again. You talk about uh, prices of apartments, what did you do in your job, how this guy messed up, whatever it is. Um, and it was not useful to, to my goal. And it was not a priority, but still I did it because I wanted to participate, right? But I feel like if, if you stop 
like at that point I didn't go for vacations like I'll mm. go back to yeah. my home country and all of that today I keep getting invited to different countries right <laughs> to participate in events like all expenses paid uh, just just come right <laughs> and like in the past year I traveled to more countries than I did in the past 13 years within my career right yeah so um, yeah learn to say no so you can say yes to better things that is pretty <laughs> so yeah I just have a couple more questions I wanted to mm. touch up on like focus towards the youth mm. so this next one is what's something people should stop worrying about more mm. like stop worrying about it and then uh, what's something they should actually might have to worry about more mm. So, <laughs> as, as someone who's younger, yeah, that's 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 a very good question. Thank you. Um, I feel most of our misery as human beings comes from the clash between expectations and reality, and there is this illusion that we have in our mind that reality should be the way we want it to be. And that creates a lot of misery for people. You can hear lots of people complaining like, did you see what that guy did or what the government is doing or what this, uh, uh, like this guy cut me off in the street and all of these things. Like you feel like people waste a lot of energy and emotion complaining about things they can't control. Yeah. So what I think people should focus on is on themselves and what they can do by themselves and what they should ignore is what is going outside all of everything else around you is environment you can't change that yeah you can learn to navigate through it around it right uh, but you shouldn't worry about changing other people just yeah. focus on making yourself the best person you can be like every morning i wake up and i start thinking how can i be a better father how can i be a better husband how can i be a better boss how can i be a better uh, uh, service provider how can i be a better son how can i be a better friend right and i put a portion of my attention and effort every day to be better at all of these things like what can i do to be uh, better so i feel so like this all goes on mentally right you're not like writing down right, so in the beginning two percent on the husband today. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you know in the beginning i used to do i used to write some things down like how can i be a better husband i used to think hard about it right yeah or how can i be a better parent the more you do it the more natural it becomes to you practice practice yes so when i started having this question about being a better husband right i started thinking about maybe participating more at home so if i used to go home before i used to complain like if i saw some um, dishes that need washing in the sink yeah now uh, or at that time i started just going into the kitchen and just cleaning them yeah bit by bit i started doing these things and i saw like how they helped the relationship instead of complaining about what the other person is doing and seeing how you can are, i help you are taking the initiative yes. to actually fix something that you see yeah today is more profound so today when i feel my wife is not feeling good about something i start talking to how can i help you like be more fulfilled Right now, the question is more profound. Like, yeah. So it wasn't before like, how can I help you do the dishes? Now yeah. it's like, how can I help you be, be more, more fulfilled? fulfilled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's not about That's like beautiful. being physically uh, helping, but actually now 
I want to be there with you mentally on how you can tackle life. Like what yeah. is troubling you? Yeah. Okay. Same happens with my kids. Like before it, I used to think about like, how can I be a better parent? Like I'll spend more time uh, building Lego things together or like uh, uh, playing, stuff like that. Today I'm thinking about how can I mentally help them? Right? Like now we have a really good relationship that they come and talk to me. They ask me about things like they trust me when I push them right? yeah. that I know that it's not going to break them. We're going to go through that boundary. Okay. Yeah. So in, in summary, we should stop worrying about uh, our environment. Stop uh, worrying about other people. And stop complaining about that sort of thing. And we should worry more about how we can improve ourselves. Yes. And it takes a lot of practice. It's, of it's course, very yeah. easy to say. So um, <clears throat> the example when you say that they didn't understand or they limited you. You were limited by uh, yeah. them. Yeah. It's actually not me being limited by them. It's actually me not being a good enough salesperson. Yeah. To, to make them understand the concept. Exactly. So... If you start thinking yeah, about so it's easy to complain about them mm-hmm. and say, ah, oh, they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. But in reality, maybe it's it's actually something you can fix and make them understand. Exactly. And, okay. and unless you yeah. look at it in that light, then yeah. you wouldn't feel the need to become so, a better salesperson and so learn like, new things. Yeah, just shift your perspective. Exactly. Okay. I love that one. That was a, an amazing answer and question. So... Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to people fresh out of uh, college or about to graduate? Like, what, what's one thing you could tell them that they should focus on? Or just anything. It could be anything. You could, like, uh, don't buy cotton socks or I don't know, anything. I would say experience different things. Like, get started with uh, building a system for your life and start, like, if you can get a job uh, even while working, while studying in, in the university, while getting your degree, go and do that. Uh, if you um, uh, can even get free internship, go and go and do that. Yeah. Get exposed to uh, different businesses. Uh, I mean, even uh, when I was in university, my first year of university, uh, I grew up in Saudi. There wasn't a lot of uh, opportunities. They don't have like the internships or the different like part-time jobs for mm-hmm. young people but here in uh, the uae when i was in my first year of university i decided that the first thing i wanted to do was get an internship during mm-hmm. my uh summer mm-hmm. I, I tried to get it before while i was still studying and i finally did through a friend who that's actually when i went to n5 for the first time mm-hmm. you, my friend got me this uh, internship that I was doing part-time while I was studying. And then two months later, I went into, I, I, I finished that year, and they actually gave me a full-time job there for the summer. And I was very thankful for that experience because it, it actually, that was my first experience on in work, mm. like actually experiencing what it's like to be in an office. And it was a startup. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first came to N5. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little background story. N5 is a startup hub that uh, Amro started his uh, business business also. at, and that's where I met him initially. So yeah, and it was I, very valuable for me. Yeah, what I would say is it doesn't have to be that fancy. So 
I'll tell you a couple of jobs that I've taken uh, since I started working. So when I was 12, I started, I told you, 11, I started by drawing these things and selling them. And then uh, I had a friend who was, uh, who had a father who worked as an accountant in an airlines, uh, airlines. So he used to get free tickets to travel to wherever they wanted. So he used to travel to Bangkok, they'll bring shoes and stuff like that, we'll go sell them. Okay. And then I worked as a, uh, shoe salesman at a store. Okay. Then I uh, sat in a grocery store. I was uh, handling it all through the night. All right. Uh, I fixed computers. I uh, made mix CDs. Uh, I did private tutoring. Uh, I made these, um, you know, these gypsum designs in the walls, uh, <laughs> in the ceilings. Really? I, I worked for a while doing that. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Any experience is very good experience. You start learning about the human nature, about uh, the reality of life, about money, about managing money, about managing time, about, about managing sales. energy. About sales. About sales. It's, it's, all of these things are yeah. very important. See, I, this uh, job with the gypsum uh, thing, I used to wake up at 5. I used to finish work at 5 in the evening, 5 in the morning till 5 in the evening. I used to go back home and I couldn't feel my shoulders. It was very intensive physically, right? You'll spend with a sledgehammer, you'll spend uh, most of your time just cracking the wall, right? It was very, very physically intensive. So um, I learned how to manage my energy at that point because I was uh, going uh, to school and I had friends that I wanted to also maintain a social life. Yeah. And I was doing this very physically challenging job. Uh, that's one thing. Dealing with the human nature, when I was selling shoes, I had uh, many of the salespeople who were working there were much older than me. They were in their 30s. I was only 14 years old or 13 yeah. years old, right? So uh, I saw how, what kind of attitude would get you nowhere in life. Right? <laughs> okay. You learn these things and like how, how to avoid these things, these pitfalls, uh, right? Okay. So whatever job you take, you will learn something yeah. new about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, at all my jobs, I've always taken something out of it. Like, even if it's not from a technical, like, sort of skill that I learned. Of course, I did learn those technical skills. But apart from that, there's a lot of, like, sort of, interesting things that you learn about people about yourself mm -hmm. and about how different things can do different things for you mm -hmm. so yeah um well, those are all the questions i actually wanted to speak about but one thing uh i thought of just now is um for me i think sales is a very important skill to have being able to sell mm -hmm. and I'll, I know that that's like a very centralized part of what you do mm -hmm. because you are the one in the beginning for years that was trying to sell your company mm -hmm. and get people on board and get people to trust you mm -hmm. and all that so what do you have to say about that so sales is, is very important there's a book uh, about sales called to sell is uh, human so, um, yeah, like, if you want to convince... Uh, who's, who's it by, do you know? Uh, I, 
not sure I remember maybe Steven Pinker I'm not sure okay I'll, I'll look it up and then yeah. put it up here so yeah but there's a lot of like really good books about sales so when I started the business I actually had no real experience selling to like a corporate customer yeah right so um, I just went and I bought went to Amazon looked at the top 10 books about sales and I bought them and I spent the next two months reading them. Huh. And that actually helped me do all of the sales that I've done. Right. So I feel there's a lot of things that you can learn in books in addition to practical experiences. Yeah. Um, and selling is a very important skill. Yes. I feel uh, to have autonomy, you need to learn um, a couple of skills. One is... Uh, how to save money and how to manage money and then how to create money yeah right so these are very important skills how to manage and and, and, and save money and how to create money yeah because um, I don't think you'll be able to start a business or have a, a stable life without learning these two skills hmm. and creating money can be through trading can be through sales can be through different things but you need yeah. to learn somehow how to uh, yeah sell and selling is not just about selling <laughs> goods yeah, yeah. right it's about ideas yeah. also like if you want to if I want to convince my son to do something I have to sell him on the idea yeah. <laughs> right so uh, it takes a lot of skill if you don't want to force them or to like uh, um, because you need to learn how to manage the situations when you don't have the upper hand I feel like sales is a very important skill then because when you have the upper hand many people can like use force or you can they can use their position or the like um, whatever the advantage they have right but it's learning how to get out of situations when you don't have the advantage to get your way when you don't have the advantage is where sales skills are very important yeah like you know I, I I'm not sure um, about the details of the story but I've read somewhere um, that there was this guy with a very high IQ who couldn't convince his teacher to change the time of his lecture because he couldn't travel to the university back then because he was uh, like he didn't have the money he okay. was, uh, was on welfare issue. and yeah he, there was a transportation issue and because he couldn't sell the idea he ended up being maybe a bouncer or something like he's one of the guys who with the highest iq in the world right wow yeah and and i feel like selling people like being able to communicate with people and selling them on your ideas and convincing them is a very important skill there's a really good book about it called how to win friends and influence people from yeah. dale carnegie i feel like there are a couple of books that should be basic knowledge to everybody i feel like they should teach them in school hmm. i don't understand why they're not taught in school these are the skills that could allow you to to be more uh, productive uh, everybody should should know them, the facts that are in these books like how to win friends and influence people uh, seven healthy habits of highly effective people um, the law of success think and grow rich these are really really important books and like many of the self-help books that you read today are regurgitating uh, 
the same facts that these books uh, came up with maybe for the first time maybe they were using also knowledge from uh, earlier books okay so you'd say sales is one of the most important skills to have yeah definitely great so is there anything else you want to speak about because I think that's all I had in mind mm -hmm. but if there's anything else you want to add on top of that targeted towards youth I'd say stay positive uh, stay curious um, I, I for me I had to go through uh, trauma to actually change my life I feel um, it's very hard to turn lives around so um, whenever you want to change your life have that in mind that it's very hard to change mm. so maybe you need to put all of your effort put everything aside if you want to change your life and put all of your effort into building a new system for your life because it's very challenging uh, but once you 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 have the tracks set then life becomes much uh, happier much more fulfilling uh, you start experiencing uh, life the right way and um, another thing is that value time I, I see lots of people who try to fill their days with activity <laughs> All right? yeah. and I feel that's the wrong attitude looking at your day or time okay right so what's the right way the right way is to utilize every minute that you have with the most important thing that you want to do yeah it's not filling your days with activity so it's not like uh oh i'm bored i'm just what can we do yeah it's more like i really want to do this mm -hmm. i hope i have enough time exactly <laughs> yes, okay definitely yeah okay yeah 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 i i um heard it on a podcast for Sam Harris I think okay. and I found it very true right yeah it's um, he says boredom is uh, the lack of attention hmm. so if if you pay attention to everything that you do it's life is very interesting even like focusing on your breath it can be a very challenging very interesting uh, exercise right so most of the time if you're feeling bored it means you're not paying attention to life yeah i feel you need to pay more attention maybe to what you want to do how you feel uh, where do you want to go next and if you put that care and attention into your life definitely you'll get there okay well thank you so much for all of your insight thank you for having me no thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you and uh, thank you all for listening this has been another edition of confused.af and again my guest Amr Hamaidan Abu Hamaidan and this is his uh, hoodie <laughs> asafir.com 3-a-s-a-f-e-e-r.com can you buy these online? no you can't no? <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening, and I hope you're all a little less confused. <laughs>